0: chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we'll start at verse 17. Oh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? The gathering together of the saints. Hallelujah. Nothing like it. There's a blessing in it, right? That's why God commands it. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, let's take a look at here. And it says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their, man, underline that, underline this right here, who set their mind on earthly things. Woo! Wow. For our citizenship, underline this, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 now. Ephesians chapter 2. We're setting this up, teeing it up. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. And it says these words. Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you, are al- whom you also are built together together, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. These are powerful passages right here. Amen? Today I want to talk about our heavenly kingdom citizenship as Christians. Say, heavenly kingdom citizenship. citizenship. This is a fascinating topic from the Word of God. This is amazing, actually. Now, I always say, you've heard me say it many times, that we have dual citizenship as Christians, right? Not only do we have citizenship here on earth in the country in which you were born, but we also have citizenship in heaven. Now, many Christians don't understand the power of that because they don't understand citizenship. Come on, somebody. And number two, they don't understand how the kingdom of God operates. Say kingdom. Kingdom. See, many people just take what, what... you know, how we operate here in the United States, but a kingdom operates differently. And we don't understand that. If you don't understand that, that's when you're going to get people who rise up and they're an enemy of God in the church, in the body of Christ, because they don't understand how a kingdom, the kingdom of God operates on this earth. Amen? Amen. They don't understand kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. I'm just kind of using those interchangeably here. But let's define the word citizenship then, right? I found several different definitions or wording that shed a different light on the word citizenship. Are you ready? Here we go. Thank you, you two. Now, here we go. Citizenship is defined as legally, a legally recognized subject or national of state or a commonwealth. Either a native, which means you're born there, or naturalized, meaning meaning becoming a citizen after birth, okay? Or this is what it means, another definition is, a person who has the legal right to belong to a particular country. I like that one. Say legal. Legal. See, everything God does is legal. God doesn't even bypass his own spiritual laws. Do you know that? That's why this earth is a mess right now. Oh, God's in control. Really? If God was in control there would not be abortion. If God was in control there would be no murder. If Are you following me? Okay, good. Another definition of a citizen is a person who by place of birth, nationality of one or both parents, or naturalization is granted. I like this. Full rights. Full rights. And, oh, oh! here's the other word. Ready? Granted full rights. Here's the one that many don't like. And responsibilities. Oh, I just lost half of you right there. I just lost half right there. You are good with the rights. Full rights. But responsibilities, eh. Uh, it's granted full rights and responsibilities as a member of a nation, or political community. Now, (laughs) here we go. Well, I don't talk about politics. You ever hear someone say, right? I just don't talk about politics. I want to point something out that will blow your mind. I want to point out that word that's translated citizenship in Philippians 3.20 is the Greek word poliouma. I think I'm saying it right. It's where we get our English word politics from. I just blew your mind. Don't tell me that God is not interested in politics. He is interested in everything and anything that affects the life of human beings. And politics, political decisions absolutely affect the quality of human life on this earth. And a God, not only God loves it, but God wants to be right in the middle, right in the center of politics. That's why this world is a mess, because Christian says, ah, I don't want anything to do with the politic thing. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Why we have a fool sitting in the White House right now. You almost spit that drink out, didn't you? Are you following me? That's why this world, because Christians decided to disconnect from the political process. And God's saying, get in the middle of it. Stop the flow of evil. Are you following me? God wants to be in the center of it all. Now, another definition of the word citizenship is this, an allegiance of a person to a country or state. Oh, I'm going to go deep. I got nine full pages here. So you just sit back. Enjoy your popcorn for a little bit. Okay. Now I found this interesting. The difference between a citizen and a resident, a citizen and a resident. Listen to this. A citizen tends to specify a person who legally belongs to a country and a resident is used generally for a person who is legally living or working in a particular locality. Are you still with me? Now think about this. We as Christians are working to advance the kingdom of God on this earth, but we legally belong to heaven as our citizenship. See, you got to count your citizenship of heaven higher than your earthly citizenship. You, We need to be more... Uh, looked at and think of ourselves, we're just residents on this earth. Amen. But my true citizenship, the one that really matters, is in heaven. Amen? Amen. So we're we're advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. The only thing that makes us earthly citizens makes us an earthly citizen and resident on this earth. Now I'm gonna let's. I want to. Tap into this a little bit more because I did in other messages. The only thing that makes us an earthly citizen and resident on this earth is our physical body. Oh, we're going to tap right into this. You ready? The moment your spirit and soul departs your physical body, we are no longer a citizen or a resident of this earth. Now, so the Holy Spirit revealed something powerful uh, to share in connection to being a resident on this earth because of our physical body. It is our physical body. You could say it this way: it is our physical body that makes us legal to operate on this earth and to impact this earth. Amen. Go to Romans twelve. Let me show you something. Think? No, I'm, I'm taking you deeper. I'm, I want to. I want to see. That's my job. I want to bring up things that you have never thought about before. I have people come up to me all the time and say, man, you you bring up things I never even thought about before. Well, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to take you deeper in your spiritual walk with the Lord. Amen? We're building or making disciples. That's what we're trying to do here. Amen? Amen? Romans 12, 1. And it says these words. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God, that you present your spirit. Oh, I I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your soul. No, it says present your body as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Say reasonable service. See, we as Christians are commanded by God to present our bodies, our physical bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is reasonable. It's just say reasonable. reasonable. It's reasonable because God has saved us from the pits of hell and the lake of fire for eternity through his son Jesus. So he says, You know what? The least you can do loan me your physical body. Yield to the Holy Ghost so my kingdom can be advanced. Are you following me? That's the least you can do. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit's trying to get across to us. Your body, our physical body, must be involved for us to make an impact on this earth for the kingdom of God. You're not going to make an impact sitting in the house. And I'll even go as far to say, you're not even going to make it uh, as big of an impact as you could by sitting in your house and praying all day. Because there's time we got to put action to our faith. Come on, somebody. So notice, again, he didn't say spirit man. He didn't say soul. He said, present your body, your physical body. He did say now in the next verse in Romans twelve two he talks about renewing our mind, right? But the reason, the Holy Spirit said this, the reason God commands us to do that is because renewing your mind will affect the actions of your physical body. <laughs> Which your physical body has the legal right to make an impact on this earth for the kingdom of God. Your physical body needs to be involved. Somehow, some way, our physical body, either by spoken words, using your vocal cords, some kind of an action through your physical body must be involved for it to impact this natural realm, to impact the heart of a person. You getting this? Now, let me, go, let me go a little deeper here. Listen to this. That is why angels are not commissioned to preach the gospel. Angels ministering spirits in the kingdom of God, evil spirits in the kingdom of darkness, even the Holy Ghost cannot and will not do anything except all of them, all of them, are trying to influence you to do something in the natural realm with your physical body whether by speaking something or doing something. Why? Because spirit beings, listen to me, in the spirit realm, spirit beings that do not have a physical body, they need an invitation. They need permission to impact this natural realm. That is, because, <laughs> because they are not a human being. They do not have an earth suit which makes them, that would make them legal on this earth. That's why you have these video ga- demonic video games. That's why there's Ouija boards. Why? It's all an invitation. You didn't hear me. It's all an invitation for them to impact the natural realm. Haunted houses. That's a real thing, people. And when you dig down deep into what happened and why there's things moving around in a house, why you feel the evil, usually in there had to have been something happened that gave a legal right to a demon. Yes. The enemy hates us because we have an earth suit. Because we are legal to impact this natural realm. And guess what? You have a free will. You have a choice to obey the Holy Ghost or not. The devil isn't making you do anything. You're given in by your own free will. Are you following me? Even in Amos 3.7, the Word of God says that God will do nothing except without revealing it to His servants, the prophets. <laughs> now I just blew some of y'all's minds, because some of y'all were raised in dead religion where that said God will do anything He wants anytime He wants. Wrong. <laughs> now here's what here's how you got to we got to say it this way: God made it that way. God made it that way. There's nothing blasphemous about that. He made it that way. That is why the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians three nine that we are laborers together with God. We are laborers together. We are co-laborers together with God. Amen? And, and like I said, God will not even violate His own spiritual laws that He put into motion on this earth and in this universe. He needs a human to cooperate with His will. We plant, we water the seed, and God gives the increase, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen? So I want you to notice, mankind is involved in two-thirds of the process, 67% of the process. Don't tell me our actions are not important on this earth. Amen? See, the faster you take hold of this truth from the Word of God, the quicker the blessings and breakthrough will begin, you'll begin to experience in your life. Some of y'all are sitting back saying, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And God's saying, I'm waiting on you to do something. Invite me. Invite me. Invite me. Invite me in. Do something that I can bless. Do something. Now, so we are to present our bodies, our physical bodies, as a living sacrifice so that people can get born again, so that people can get healed, so people can be delivered from demons. People can be delivered from bondages. So we can go out and help the poor and needy on this earth. Are you following me? The kingdom of God will not get advanced on this earth without the use of our physical body in the natural realm. Right? You see someone hungry? Don't, you know, and without clothing? Uh, go on, be fed and be ye warm. No, do something about it. You can't do something about it unless you're using your earth suit. Right? Pick up the phone, order them a pizza. Do something. Use your earth suit, somebody. In fact, listen to this. A person cannot even get saved without the use of their physical body in the process. Did you know that? A person cannot even get born again without the use of their physical body. Well, what do I mean by that? Romans 10, 8 through 10 says that you must believe in your heart, with your spirit, with your soul, and with your mouth confess Jesus Christ. It says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, say mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Come on, somebody. Put your hand on your heart right now. Oh, I just found a whole bunch of carnal people in here. I'm talking about your spirit, man. It's in your belly. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> I thought of that idea when I was up here to praise and worship. The Lord says, have them put their hand on their heart. I guarantee you, I'm going to see a whole bunch of this going on. But, but, The Holy Spirit, your heart's down here. Out of your belly, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. Woo, glory. You won't forget that one, will you? (laughs) So with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, I know that was kind of a trick. So, okay, just, you still love me? Okay, great. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, not only is it a confession or an agreement that Jesus is Lord, but the Holy Spirit said this, when someone speaks it out of their mouth, it's a renunciation of the kingdom of darkness as well. Think about that. Isn't that powerful? Now, don't stop there with the born-again experience because that verse applies to every benefit of salvation. That's how we receive every benefit of salvation. Believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. you got to speak it. You got, come on, amen? You need to know how important it is to not just believe in your heart, but it must get to the part... Oh, listen to this but you must get, uh, get the part of you that makes you a legal resident and citizen on this earth, your physical body. And it must come out of your mouth. Think about that. Say physical body. No. So you must confess. You must speak what you believe in your heart. The word confess means to agree with, or to say the same thing as. That's what that means. So you need to say the same thing that is in your heart. Be careful. It's a spiritual law because if you got negative things in your heart and you're speaking it, that's what you're going to bring into your life. Are you following me? Be careful. But think about this. Think about this now. Let's jump back to heavenly citizenship now. We as Christians do not have to wait for physical death to become a citizen of heaven. Isn't that amazing? No, I, I really want you guys to really just let this soak in your, in your spirit. I found it very interesting that one way to become a citizen is to be born there. Amen. Now think about that in connection to a spiritual sense, physical death. Listen, Physical death does not qualify us to be citizens of heaven, but becoming born again by putting faith in the Lord Jesus Christ does. That's why Jesus said you need to be born again. You need to be transferred and put back into the right kingdom. Come on, somebody. See, we're all required to be born again because Adam and Eve messed up and they shifted all of mankind into the wrong kingdom, into the kingdom of darkness. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Because every human that gets, gets born, you're born into original sin. Thanks a lot, Adam and Eve. So Jesus said, when you've put your faith in Christ, you're being born again into a new kingdom, yes. the kingdom of heaven, Amen. the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? See, Jesus came as the second Adam to make a way through faith in him to become citizens of the kingdom of God again. Isn't that good to know? Yes. Listen to this now. Listen. God the Father had to send Jesus, his son, in the flesh. Say, in the flesh. Yes. That's why any spirit that's of God will confess that Jesus Christ has come. What? in the flesh. You following me? Listen, why? Why? God the Father had to send Jesus in the flesh to impact the natural realm. <laughs> to make it legal on this earth. Jesus had to have an earth suit. He had to have a physical body. He had—he literally had to have blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness. Listen to this. So Jesus had an earthly mother, did he not? Yes. That qualified him yes. and made him a legal resident of earth. Right. But he had a heavenly father. And so he was born into this earth, come on, listen, without the sin nature in him. Amen. Oh, you didn't. That's why when you put faith in Jesus, you are cleansed whiter than snow. You, You, oh, you receive his righteousness. Here's what people got to understand is how much God hates sin. When Jesus was on the cross, it says Jesus, he didn't sin. It says he became sin. And God the Father had to do this. Turn his head to it. To his own son. Because God hates sin. He cannot bless sin. You got to get this deep down. This seeker sensitive junk in the body of Christ has got to go. Oh, you got to get it. You got to get it. Pastor's trying to help you today. Come on, somebody. Don't hate me because I'm preaching real good. Amen. So, the born again experience births us back into citizenship, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven while living on earth. See, that's why death for a Christian is simply a transition. It's a stepping out of your earth suit. But eternal life begins the minute you make Jesus Lord of your life. Because eternal life means this, that you're connected to God again in a relationship with Him. Spiritual death means there's no connection there. If you're in here, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're a child of the devil. You're in spiritual death. I know, but someone's say, yeah, but I'm alive right now. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You're dead. Go to Colossians chapter 1. The only reason we are citizens of heaven on earth is because Jesus has taken that sin nature out of our spirit, man. You following me? Colossians 1. Does that mean you're never going to sin? I didn't say that, but we better try to live holy. Come on, somebody. All right, now, Colossians 1, 9 through 14, let's look at here. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. By the way, wisdom is always connected to actions in your physical body. Do a study on it yourself. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. How, does he, how has he qualified us? Through Jesus, through faith in Christ, sin nature, God. Sin will not enter heaven. You get that? Okay. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So the New King James Version uses the word conveyed. Again, I kind of lean toward the King James Version that uses the word translated. I don't know why. I just like translated better than conveyed. Amen? But they basically mean the same thing. Both of those words, listen to what those words signify. You ready for this? Both of those words refer to The deportation or transference of captured armies or populations from one country to the other. Now, what does that mean? In other words, we have been delivered, we've been rescued out of the enemy's control. We've been deported into the kingdom of God. Are you following me? We are citizens of the kingdom of God as saints, as Christians. We have redemption. We've been, redemption means we've been bought back through the faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That redemption took place because our sins are forgiven. Are you following me? Now, being a citizen of heaven on earth means that we have benefits. We have entitlements. We have rights on this earth right now. Say right now. By the way, there are no green cards given out from heaven. You're not going to be able to run across the border up there. Let me just tell you right now. Are you following me? Yes, even heaven has a border. Some of y'all got that. There are no green cards given out in heaven. You're either a citizen or not. You're either born again or you're not. Amen? So knowing you are a citizen of heaven is important to the Christian to know and understand. Because if you really take hold of this fact, if you know what a citizen is, it will build a strong moral code on the inside of you. It will bring commitment. It will make you want to commit. You know what that's called? A disciple. A disciple. A disciplined one. A learner. Amen? Amen. You need to know that your citizenship in heaven, I mentioned earlier, but it trumps any citizenship on this earthly realm. You must be sold out to the kingdom of God on this earth. It is your reasonable service. Amen? Here's what I want to say. If an earthly government commands you to violate or commit treason against the kingdom of God, you obey God and not man. In fact, on all of these moral issues we're facing in our society, God expects us to obey Him, obey the Word of God. Rodney Howard Brown at the conference was teaching, and he said, You know, he goes, It doesn't matter. If they're going to throw you in jail, you better not let go of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Whatever it comes down to, disobeying God is not an option. It's not. Amen? The kingdom of God mindset for a Christian is this, on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what you need to know. If heaven rejects it, you better reject it. That's why I said your citizenship in heaven is more than any earthly citizenship. We are ambassadors on this earth for Christ. We represent Jesus. We represent the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Now, as I was searching about citizenship online, characteristics of a good citizen came up. Listen to these characteristics that that I found here. Number one, trustworthy. Number two, honest. Number three, accountable. Interesting. Next one is responsible. Next one is respect for the law. Next one is patriotism. Next one, serve the country when required to do so. Yes. Think about that. That's talking about earthly citizenship, but all those can be applied to our heavenly citizenship Amen. right here on earth. Don't ever forget, the kingdom of God always comes before your earthly citizenship. In fact, the he- here's why. If you're going to be a good citizen of heaven, you're going to be a good citizen on earth. Are you following me? Uh, Some administrations might not view that, but come on, somebody. So let's talk about the characteristics of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is in in the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king. Amen? Amen? Or the fulfillment of the will of God on earth. So here's what you could say about the kingdom of God on earth. Wherever the will of God is carried out on earth, the kingdom of God is present and being advanced. Every act of obedience to the word of God, every act of obedience to the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is being advanced. You know, you don't have to wait for God to give you a clue what to do. You can be a doer of the word and you're advancing the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So the will of God is always being accomplished in heaven. Do you agree with that? Because there's no sin, there is pure holiness in heaven, right? That's why the verse says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Follow me, I'm going to go deeper. The will of God is for the atmosphere and for the characteristics of heaven to be accomplished on earth. Now I just blew half of you right there too. You're thinking too small. You're thinking too earthly right now. Are you following me? The will of God is not always accomplished on earth, right? That is the importance of obeying the word and yielding to the Holy Spirit. But listen to this. The only way that can be accomplished is by obedience to the word and to the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. You need to understand this fact. Are you ready for this? Say on earth as it is in heaven. You got to get this. You can't miss this now. Now, the problem is, we as Christians, we've been fed so much from the natural realm. We've been fed so much from dead religion. Right? All the limitations, all that. That's, that's why people, when you try feeding them this, they puke it up. See, I'm trying to renew your mind with the word. There's so much more. We can go higher. Listen to this. This is what you need to know. This is what we need to know. God's original intent of his kingdom reigning on this earth is still his intent today. Do you know, again, I told you this before, this earth was created by God for us humans to live on here for all eternity. You knew that, right? That's why it's still his will for his kingdom to reign on this earth while Christians are here. Oh you come on somebody! God just had to get rid of the sin problem and curse problem through his Son Jesus. Now those things are still here, but not in his people. Oh come on somebody, or shouldn't be. <laughs> So all of those that come to Jesus through faith in Him, through His finished work on the cross, and through the believing, you know, faith in the resurrection from the dead, can be brought back to the original intent of God and live a supernatural life. Oh, I know, I know. So much carnality. Come here, come here. So much carnality. Come on, we got buckets up here. Come on, anybody carnal (laughs) lots of carnality in there oh hold on dead religion (laughs) sorry guys yeah better okay now i can finally have faith for the higher things of god listen to me you like that little illustration That's why I've been constantly saying that we do not have to put up with the things that an unsaved person has to put up with. That's why you don't have to live like a child of the devil. A child of the devil is in spiritual death, separation from God. Why do we look like them? Come on, somebody. Many Christians forfeit the benefits of the promises because they are too carnally minded. Again, they're stuck in tradition. They're addicted to the natural realm. And it takes a spiritual mindset. It takes a spiritual mindset to really take hold of this stuff. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. You mean I could walk on water? Sure you could. If you really needed to, absolutely. Come on, somebody. If you were in a situation where you had to, you could. You guys are looking at me like I'm a deer in a headlight. I'm telling you, you have a pastor here that believes in the supernatural power of God. I'm not going to spoon feed you dead religion. I'm not going to spoon-feed you limitations. No, we're going to go higher. Amen? Amen. 2 Peter 1. 1 through 4. Check this out. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things, say all things, all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers. There it is, underline it right there. Partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the pretty looking flesh. Partakers of a horrible curse in the natural realm. Does it say that? No. Partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. This passage is not just some cute poetic language. It's not some cute poetic metaphor. No, it says exactly what it means. We have been given precious promises to live a supernatural life on this earth. What we need to do is operate and put the spiritual laws into motion that are going to make that happen. We have been given those exceedingly great and precious promises right here on earth. See, these promises of healing, these promises of deliverance and stuff, it's not for heaven. There's no need of any of that up there. Once you step out of your physical body, you don't need it. We need it all right here. God knew that. Come on. If there's sickness, disease, infirmity, and bondages, are are there any of that in heaven? Any sickness, disease, bondages? No, no, no. Then war against it, reject those things, and enforce your rights of healing and freedom as a citizen of heaven right here on earth. The kingdom of darkness wants to keep us blinded. Listen, the kingdom of darkness wants to keep us blinded from our rights as a citizen of heaven. That's why Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowing your rights as a citizen of heaven right here on earth. Child of God, you have heavenly rights on this earth. You have heavenly rights and it's up to you to enforce them. God won't even come down and do it for you. Are you following me? God will honor your free will. We can enforce the right for emotional and physical healing because that was God's original intent. Come on, it all goes back to God's original intent. His original intent is still His intent today. In this, what do we call the new covenant? This new and what? Better. Better. Better covenant. Better. If he healed in the Old Testament, doggone it, he didn't get away with it in the new. Would you call that better? I wouldn't. Amen? See, we just got to put some common sense to these things here. Amen? God has not left us in a helpless, demonic lion's den called earth. He's given us authority. Yes. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the precious, the exceedingly great and precious promises. Amen? Yes. Think about that. We need to rise up and use our spiritual resources. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. You doing all right? Okay. Luke chapter 11. Verses 20 through 22, let's take a look at. Heavenly kingdom citizenship I'm talking about today. And listen to this. Jesus said, "'But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, "'surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. "'When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, "'his goods are in peace.'" But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. So, so did you know, casting out demons is advancing the kingdom of God. You're literally evicting them out of a place. In fact, they look at a human body as their home. We need to evict demonic intruders. I'm talking to Christians here. In an unbeliever, <laughs> they're at home. They're fine. Demons can fulfill all their evil desires through a, someone who has spiritual death. Come on, somebody. When you're casting out demons, when you are praying for healing, when you, you are literally displacing the enemy, you are literally on the offensive, you're pushing back evil. Amen. Christians, we're, we're always in this defensive mode. Oh, don't hurt me, devil. Don't hurt me. Oh, d- oh don't Right? Yeah. It's always a, a, some kind of a, you know, boo, who is me. Right? I can't stand that. I can't stand it. With the power and authority we've been given? Amen. Are you kidding me? We need, they need to be the ones going, whoa, hold on, whoa, whoa. James is out of bed. Look out, guys. Look out. James is out of bed. Come on. Come on. Think about it. All hell should be shaking. The kingdom of darkness needs to be shaking when you wake up every morning. You need to be on the offensive. Amen. That The offensive is the only way to take ground. Think about it. In football. The only way you're going to gain ground is on the offensive. Right. Amen. Yes. You football freaks? Any football freaks in here, huh? Well, let me just tell you, we as Christians have the football. <laughs> we as Christians have the spiritual nuclear codes. Are you hearing me? So we're walking around with this briefcase, and people are just getting slaughtered by the enemy left and right. And we're holding spiritual nuclear codes. We're holding all the nuclear codes. All the nuclear codes here. There is no reason a Christian should be getting their butt kicked. Come on, somebody. I want you to notice it takes spoken words to cast out demons. It takes an action to overcome what the Bible calls the strong man. Sure, the enemy has some power. Sure, he's strong. But we're the stronger one that can come in and overtake. If you'll do it. If you'll do it. You know, you don't mentally think a demon out of a person. Are you following me? You don't mentally do it. I remember back when I first got saved and in the deliverance ministry, I was ministering to to someone and someone was ministering with me, a group of people. And and this individual got scared when this person manifested a demon and ran out of the room and hid hid in a room. And the person afterwards says, well, I I was back there. I was... You know, praying. <laughs> I said, well, praise God, but it's not going anywhere until we give the command. There's no reason for you to be afraid of demon spirits. Are you following me? Now, as I close here, I want to give some brief facts about a kingdom. Remember I told you, all well, we have this, this Americanized mindset, right? That's why all of us Americans are spoiled brats. Someone got that. Right? That's why we think all of us, our opinions matter, right? Not in a kingdom. Not in a kingdom. There's one opinion that matters, and that's the king. I'm not talking about the pastor. Are you following me? Now, a fact's about a kingdom. Now, I got this. I got to tell you. I got this. How many of you know who Miles Monroe is? He's gone home to be with the Lord, unfortunately, but he was a powerful man of God. And and I got this from one of his books. So um, all out disclosure, this is his, and I'm just going to read to you here. It's from a book called Rediscovering the Kingdom. Rediscovering, you you know it? Yeah, Rediscovering the Kingdom. So here's what he said, right? I'm just going to close out on just these little facts. Stick with me. All kingdoms have a king and a lord, a territory, a constitution or a covenant, they have citizens, I'm talking about kingdoms now, they have laws or acceptable principles, privileges, rights and benefits, a code of ethics, acceptable lifestyle and conduct, an army for security, a commonwealth or economic security, a social culture of protocols and procedures. Now, I'm just going to give just a brief description of what I just read of each of those. Number one, a kingdom, in a kingdom, a king is the embodiment of the kingdom. Rep, it, it represents, uh, representing its glory and nature. Authority flows from the king and the word of the king is supreme. Okay? The, it it, it in a kingdom, there's not all this bickering like there is in Washington, D.C., in the chambers. Are you following me? Yes. Okay. People aren't trying to hash out what to do in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? Yes. The word of the king is supreme. Next. The territory of a kingdom is the dominion or domain over which the king exercises total authority. The territory and its resources and the people are all personal property of the king. We belong to Jesus. Are you following? We belong to God the Father through Jesus. The king by rights by right owns all, owns all and therefore is considered Lord over all. The word Lord denotes ownership by right. And it's interesting in Psalm 24, 1, it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Are you following me? The world and all that they dwell therein. Next, the Constitution is the covenant of a king with his citizenry and expresses the mind and will of the king for his citizens and the kingdom. The Constitution is the documented words of the king. The Bible contains the Constitution of the kingdom of God which details his will and mind for his citizens. You following me? I'm talking about kingdom, a kingdom. The citizenry, let's talk about that. The citizenry is the people that live under the rule of the king. Citizenship in a kingdom is not a right, but a privilege. Listen to this. And is a result of the king's choice. I have not chosen you, but you have chosen me. Hello, somebody. Once one becomes a citizen of the kingdom, all the rights of citizenship are at the citizen's pleasure. The king, listen to this, the king is obligated to care for and protect all of his citizens. And their welfare welfare is a reflection on the king himself. That's why God says, trust me, have faith in me. The number one goal of a citizen in in a kingdom is to submit to the king. Seeking only, there's one thing to do in a kingdom. Seeking only to remain in right standing with him. That's the one goal of a citizen in a kingdom. This is called righteousness. This is why Jesus said, The priority for Christians is to seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. In Matthew 6.33, we are required to stay in right standing with our heavenly Father. Be ye holy for I am holy. The law. How about the function of a law in a kingdom? The law in a kingdom constitutes the standards and principles established by the king himself by which his kingdom will function and be administered. Listen to this. The laws of a kingdom are to be obeyed by all. The laws of a kingdom are the way by which one is guaranteed, catch this, is guaranteed access to the benefits of the king and of the kingdom. violations of kingdom law places one at odds with the king and thus interrupts the favorable position one enjoys with the king. Oh, are you getting this somebody? Oh my goodness. The laws in a kingdom cannot be changed by, by the citizens. Simply put, Rebellion against kingdom law is rebellion against the king himself. The privileges are the benefits of that the king lavishes on his faithful servants. Faithful servants. And, and what came to me The privileges are the benefits of the king that the king lavishes on his faithful citizens. Immediately, the Holy Spirit gave me this verse that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm almost done. I'm on the last page. Stick with me. Stay awake. Bump your neighbor. Here we go. A code of ethics is the acceptable conduct of citizens in the kingdom and their representation of the kingdom. This code includes moral standards, social relationships, who who you're hanging out with, who's your friends, personal conduct, attitude, attire, and manner of life. All right. All right. You following me? Uh, Heaven doesn't have any miniskirts. Oh, did I just say that? (laughs) Okay. That's why they have gowns in heaven. White gowns, right? All the way to the ground. Okay, Objects. Here we go. Here we go. The army is the kingdom system of securing its territory and protecting its citizens. Now, listen to this blew my mind. All right? The army of a kingdom. Listen to this. It is important to point out that in a kingdom, citizens do not fight in the army, but enjoy the protection of the army. Yeah. Listen to this. This is why the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, the angels are called the host of heaven. The word host means army. Yeah. Oh, you're not getting it. The word host means army and identifies the angels as the military component of the kingdom of heaven. That's why it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle and we have all of heaven backing us in the kingdom, amen? A commonwealth is the economic system of a kingdom which guarantees each citizen equal access to financial security. In a kingdom, the term commonwealth is used because the king's desire is that all of his citizens share and benefit from the wealth of the kingdom. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on, somebody. The kingdom's glory is in the happiness and the health of his citizens. almost done. Jesus told us not to worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Did he not? Our life is more than those things, he said. But to seek first, like I said, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto us. And it's our father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Think about that. It is the Father's good pleasure. He is our provider. Now, the last one is the social culture. The social culture is the environment created by the life and manners of the king and by his citizens. This is the cultural aspect. Listen to me now. This is where the church has blended in with the world the social, social culture is the environment created by the life and manners of the king and by his citizens. This is the cultural aspect that distinguishes the kingdom from all others that are around it. An example is the difference between the kingdom of God and the world system that's why it says in first corinthians or second Corinthians I believe. Ah. I don't look it up, but it says, come out from among them and be ye what separate. Separate. We need a kingdom culture. We need to have a uh, a kingdom culture mindset. Amen? Amen. So people listen to this. I want you to meditate on all these points that I shared with you today. And know, you need to know. I want you to get it so deep in your heart and into your soul that you and I, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? And we need to take advantage of every benefit. And we need to live like it. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are citizens of heaven. Lord, I pray that every word that I spoke, I pray it would be engrafted on the heart of the people in this place. Prayer team, come on up. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You are not a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are not a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You're actually a child of the devil because you never made Jesus Lord of your life. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can be translated. You can be rescued. Think about that. You can be rescued from the kingdom of darkness and brought back into the kingdom of God. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. Now maybe, I'm going to say there's probably more here of this sort, that you have let go of your first love, Jesus, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord if that's you and, and you don't know if you, you know, I you're like I have no idea what side I'm on because I've fallen into sin. I I've, I've let go of the kingdom culture. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come up here and pray with one of the members of the prayer team today. Now maybe you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I'll tell you what, you want to live in a kingdom culture, you need the Holy Spirit baptism. Amen. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come on down. If you need prayer for anything else, uh, they're going to be up here and they're going to serve you as long as we need. But everyone, thank you so much. Visitors, thank you so much. Did you get anything out of this today? Go home throughout the week. It's on the website. Listen to it. Take notes. Let it soak in. You are a citizen of heaven right here on earth. Amen. God bless you all. I love you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.